Have you ever sat down and thought that you were supposed to start a podcast? Have you ever wondered how you're going to do that and how that will work? Anchor.fm is the link where this podcast is recorded. It is so helpful, so easy to do. Now, come on, people. If I can do it, y'all can do it. I'm telling you what. So (laughs) go to anchor.fm, start your podcast, and follow what God is calling you to do. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Hey guys, welcome to season seven of the Anchored by the Sword podcast. Seven seasons. Wow. Just so grateful every day for what God continues to do through this podcast by bringing amazing guests who are willing to share their stories for each and every one of you who continually show up once to twice a week to listen to these episodes and for sharing them with your people, and most of all to God for just opening doors that I never thought would be opened. I'm grateful each and every day, and so excited for you to hear the story of the person on the episode today. So, let's do this. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Anchor by the Sword podcast. I am joined today by Amy Elaine Martinez. I'm so glad that we finally got to do this. We've been planning this for a while and life just gets in the way sometimes, but I'm so glad that we connected and now you guys get to sit in on our conversation. So thank you so much for joining me today. You are welcome. I'm excited to be here. And we have been trying to plan this for a long time and life kept getting in the way. I am thrilled to be here and excited to just talk about all the things with you. So thank you for having me. Definitely. Can you tell my listeners more about you? I can. I am a self-proclaimed grace slinger and just That just means that I am all about the grace that God has given to me. And I want to extend that to other people because for so much of my life, I withheld that or had it withheld from me. Mm -hmm. And I am excited to be on a journey to share with other people about the grace that God has given me. I have two grown boys, a daughter in love and a sweet new grandbaby daughter, a baby girl. She's so sweet. And I've been married to the love of my life, David, for almost 29 years, which is a miracle in and of itself. We live in a little 600 square foot barn in Arcadia, Oklahoma, which is right (laughs) off of Route 66. And we are in the process of remodeling a house that we said we were never going to remodel um, again, and here we are in the middle of a remodel. So we uh, have been married, like I said, for almost 29 years, and I work for my husband's company, and I say that I work in the fire industry during the day to help put out fire 
years. And at night, I'm hoping to write and do online ministry for setting your heart ablaze. So that's pretty much it about me. Amen. And I love that, that you work in the fire industry. That is so fun. <laughs> love how you do that for both, both jobs you do. So, yes. <laughs> so let's talk about your freedom story. Well, now that's a story for sure. Gosh, I don't even know exactly where to begin, but I have definitely been chasing freedom down for a long time in my life and in my relationship with the Lord. I grew up in a Christian home and knew the Lord from a very young age and loved him, but didn't really know how to love him very well. And after years of being in and out of church with my family, we, my parents went to the same church for 50 years, I think. And mm -hmm. so I grew up in that church and I had a great foundation of the word and just, uh, knowing the Lord. But what I really didn't have was the heart connection of changing my want to's, I will mm -hmm. say my want to's were still very worldly, very ugly, very self-centered. And so for years I fought in my mind and in my actions to live the life that I wanted to live on one side. And it didn't really line up with who I really was in my everyday life. I wanted to live like the girl that I had been raised to be, but I didn't know how to do that very well. And so I found myself in different situations that were just not very pretty and repetitive cycles of sin and very held up in what I, you know, bondage. It sounds pretty dramatic, but that is what sin is. And mm -hmm. I just found myself in repetitive sin and repetitive habitual times of really running away from God in some ugly, ugly ways. And so finding freedom for me was imperative. It was important to, uh, gosh, my whole family. And at, uh, when I say that, I mean, my married family, when I got, after I got married and had mm -hmm. kids, I was still finding myself in places of sin where the root of sin had not been uh, really dug out. And I loved the Lord. I was teaching Bible studies. I, I, you know, going to Bible study. I won't say I was teaching at that point, but I was going to Bible studies. I was doing all the things. My life looked really great from the outside, but mm -hmm. on the inside, it was a mess. And I think that that's one of the most important things that I learned in being in women's ministry later was that you can look at a woman and her whole life, you think, oh, I want her life. It's so good. It looks so good. And she looks like she has it all together. Everyone likes her. She's always so put together or her relationship with the Lord even looks like it's so together, but behind closed doors and at home, you have no idea what's going on. You cannot judge somebody's life by what is out there on social media or mm -hmm. uh, in, you know, at Bible study, because that is not always, doesn't always match up. And that's where I found myself at, um, I guess I was probably 33 years old. I had been married for probably um, 10 years. And I found myself in a situation where I was 
in the exact same situation that I had been in um, 12 years earlier. And I had cheated on my first husband and it was really ugly. And we ended up getting divorced very quickly. I was 21 years old, I think, when I got divorced, got married really young, got divorced really fast. And all because I had cheated on my husband. And that is not something that I've always been super comfortable talking about. But it's the place that I found the greatest freedom in the Lord. And so I will talk to you about it today. <laughs> and that's what we're talking about. So the place that I found the biggest freedom was in facing a root of sin that was super ugly and super deep and a place that really needed to let the Lord, I needed to let the Lord come in and get rid of all of it. I thought I had dealt with it and everything, but I found myself 10 years later, a happy suburban mom, two young kids going to church, doing all the, uh, you know, going to women's retreats, all the things. And wow, I found myself in a situation where I was on the cusp of having what I call an almost affair. And in a moment of the other person wanting to take this to another level, the Lord was so kind to me and the scales fell off of my eyes, if you will. And I could see my sin for what it was. And I realized that this flirtatious relationship that I had had that was not physical, but flirtatious, for several months had put me in a situation that I did not want to be in. And it was like, oh my gosh, here I am. How did I get here? And I think that so often happens when we have behaviors that haven't been dealt with mm -hmm. things that, have, that keep coming up and we go, oh, how did I get here? Oh, well, you walked right here. You walked through the door. You found yourself right. here because you put yourself here is usually how that happens. And that's the thing about sin. It is deceptive and the enemy lies to us and, you know, it, we justify and we coddle our little pet sins and are like, oh, it's not really that bad. Well, mm -hmm. That flirting that I was like, oh, that's not so bad, led me to a place where I could have fallen flat on my face back in the same sin that I was in. And if it were not for the grace of God that day, he showed up in such a, an audible way. If I could ever say that I heard him speak to me in my spirit, it was loudspeaker, super loud. <laughs> and he was like, you don't have to do this. This moment right here is what I died for. Mm. And I was wow. like, Whoa. and in that moment, the scales fell off. Like I said, I saw my sin for what it was. And I was able to say, no, I don't want any part of this. And fortunately nothing happened. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness. And I, um, nothing happened. And what happened though, was that you would think, oh, yay, great. She went on and she like fell back in love with her husband and everything was all happy and good. And oops, no, that's not what happened because I continued to hide my sin. I wasn't actively pursuing it, but I knew that something had happened and I continued to hide it from my husband for what would end up being five more years. And during that time, Gina, I became physically ill because of that hiding and that stuffing down 
mm-hmm. of the emotional, all the emotional stuff and the, the, the sin sickness, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't actively participating in that behavior of flirting anymore, I was still hiding what was going on and what had happened. And so I found myself just in this horrible place of this, where I thought I was going to be free. I wasn't, I was still in this bondage of of not letting everything come out into the light. And there was a lot of reasons around that, that Mm -hmm. we can talk about. So gosh, I feel like I need to take a breath and let you talk for a minute. (laughs) No, that's, that's the best part about this podcast is it's just people tell your story. That's what it is. All right. Well, then I'll keep talking. But anyway, I found myself uh, ready to, after that, I had a lot of freedom, a lot of uh, just inner healing with the Lord. And I started teaching Bible studies and I started leading Bible studies. And I started really being, because I had gotten this freedom. I had gotten this to this place where I was like no longer entangled in that sin, but Mm -hmm. It wasn't ideal. It wasn't the best situation. And after about uh, three or four years of teaching and leading and really finding this love of teaching God's word and experiencing that grace and learning just to read the word and to be in the word and to encourage other women, I was asked to be the women's ministry leader at our fairly large church in Colorado. And I was so excited, except there was that little thing. Mm -hmm. My husband, who I had been praying for, for the first 13 years of our marriage, um, by this point had come to know the Lord and Mm -hmm. I had not, I still had not told him and I hadn't told him what had happened because I knew that before he knew the Lord, before he got saved, that there would be no forgiveness that he would have been like, I'm out. And so here we are a few years after that happened, I'm in this great situation where I'm like, I get to do my dream job. I get to like lead the women's ministry and the Lord's like, Hey, um, if you ever want to minister from the place of your greatest healing, where we took that sin and we got rid of it. And, you know, we, we learned about grace and, and mm-hmm. I taught you about your identity and, and me and all that good stuff. If you want to be able to minister from that place, you're going to have to come clean. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, mm-hmm. man, you know, we think that once we've gotten past something that we're like, okay, done. We don't have to deal with it anymore. And when God comes in and he does a miracle in our lives, there is, you know, those are wonderful moments. Those encounters mm-hmm. with God are such a wonderful moments, but there is a lot of work that goes into changing our behaviors and changing our want tos, like I said, and, you know, we can have behavior changes all day long, but without a heart change, that stuff never sticks. You Mm -hmm. can try to be a good girl for so long or not do that thing that whatever your sin is. And you're going to come to a place where that doesn't work. That doesn't work. You've got to have a heart change with the Lord. And even when you know him, even when you're going to church on a regular basis and you know him, there is a deeper work. What I like to call it is the 
hard work of heart work, that heart mm-hmm. work has to happen when we get to a place with the Lord where we're willing to open ourselves up and let him like dig out that ugly stuff, that root of sin so that mm-hmm. we never go back there again. I mean, we don't want to, but if there's still that root of sin in us, we haven't dealt with all the things we are going to find ourselves in that situation again, which is what happened to me. And so I was like, Oh, I do want to minister from that place. I want women to be free. Right. I really want women to be free. That's my heart's desire. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up telling my husband what had happened. God was like, okay, right now you get to tell. And so I told him what had happened. And by this time he had come to know the Lord, thankfully. And I will tell you, it wasn't easy. The first 10 days he left on a business trip right after I told him. And he was like, we're done. Like I'm done. I, he was as angry as, uh, as if it had been a physical affair. It was like, he was just really upset. And I don't talk about that part of this a lot, Gina. So this is a little, I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself because I I don't talk about this part of our story a lot, but I think that it's what the Lord wants to touch on today because there are hard places in our marriages that we don't talk about, that we don't want anybody to see. Mm -hmm. And this was one for me. And so for 10 days, I laid flat on my kids to school, did what I had to do, but I didn't eat anything because I couldn't. I laid on my study floor and begged God for my marriage, begged him for my marriage, begged him for the forgiveness that I so longed for from my husband. And I didn't try to rationalize that I didn't do anything, you know, nothing really happened. I didn't do any of that with the Lord. I was just Mm -hmm. like, I'll take whatever outcome we get to, even if you don't restore this. Even if I don't get to walk in that awesome dream job that I have, you know, coming ahead of me that I was so excited about, mm-hmm. I am begging you for my marriage. And I did, I, I begged him for my marriage and that sounds pretty dramatic, but, and it was at the time, you know, mm-hmm. and he came home and he said, um, I'm going to stay for the kids, but we're done. I'm like, well, okay, I can work with that, you know, mm-hmm. and it wasn't fun, but for a year, for the next year, he had to learn how to trust me again. And so when I would take these women on uh, weekend retreats or whatever, I would send pictures, Hey, this is where I'm at, you know, and mm-hmm. just do little things where he knew that I was where I said I was doing what I said I was doing and just continue to try to assage that, uh, that lack of trust with him with truth. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what God does with us too, is, you know, he just, he helps us by pouring that truth over our lives into those ugly places until it gets, um, pretty again, until it gets more beautiful, even though it's ugly and broken and all of that, he pours out the truth upon it and something miraculous happens. And he did that in my marriage and we were able to restore our marriage. God was able to restore it. We didn't do anything, but we we just showed up and you know, that we, that was back in 2009 and here we are in 2022 and we have a beautiful marriage there's still 
that out every once in a while, the symptom will trigger one mm-hmm. of us, you know, it'll bring, bring it up, but, uh, God has done a miracle there. And we have walked through that time and that season and grew from it. And that is when I really got the freedom. That's the freedom part of my story mm-hmm. is when I let God shine his light on all of it, mm-hmm. all of it. So that's, that's my freedom story, Gina. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being so vulnerable and for sharing that because that's not an, uh, that's not as uncommon of a story as people will think. You know, I've talked to people on the podcast before who have had similar situations. Um, and like I said, it's not as uncommon as people think. And I think that the more we talk about it, the more people will know that it's not always over and that freedom is still there and that we can still have, like you said, the grace and all of the things because we're human and we screw up every day. (laughs) We do. And if it's not one thing, it's another, you know, this may not be uh, your listeners sin. They be, they may be thinking, Oh, that doesn't really apply to me. I've never been there. But when we are at a place in our lives, Gina, that we think we are above a sin that we're not going to ever do that thing again. We're not going to look at that uh, show. We're not going to read that, whatever. We're not going to participate in that. We're not going to you know, whatever it is, we're not going to gossip. We're not going to lie. We're not going to cheat, steal, whatever it is. That is our thing. Cause it's going to be different for every person. When we think we are above a sin that we are immune to it and that we are past it, that is the most vulnerable place that we can be with the enemy because he will hone in on that. And that pride of thinking I'm, I'm better than that. I'll never fall into that again. Well, you might, you might, yeah, you're leaving the door open for, with a foothold. So you definitely could. When you guys were going through your journey, did you go through counseling when you were really digging? You know what? We did not, Gina, we made it through without counseling. And Mm -hmm. I don't know that I recommend that, but that we, we did move through that time without any direct counseling. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of Christian women mentors that Mm -hmm. I met with, with all the time. They were, you know, my support group. And, you know, I really, uh, my husband is a, he's almost 15 years older than me. Mm -hmm. Very, very, very private. He's very quiet. And I honestly don't know who he talked to about that Mm -hmm. other than with me and the Lord. But I think for him and being so introverted and so private, that for him, it was a place where he was able to really get to know God in a way that he had, he hadn't before because he was such a new believer. It Mm -hmm. had been about two years that he had known the Lord when he walked through that. So, Mm -hmm. um, was still like walking on eggshells for a while, but he worked it out and So we didn't do, we didn't do the counseling, but between the two of us, we did a lot of proactive things Mm -hmm. as far as, like I said, you know, taking pictures of where I was at. Uh, My phone was an open phone, no passcodes, nothing sitting out, you know, my computer the same way, no Mm -hmm. passcodes 
sitting out so that he had full access. He didn't take advantage of that. He didn't, you know, get in there and look because there was nothing to look at, but Mm -hmm. I wanted him to know that if he ever wanted to, absolutely Mm -hmm. open book and open book, because I think that when we can know that we are in a sinful situation. I keep using that word, but that is what it is. You know, people don't like to talk about sin, but it's sin. (laughs) And when we are hiding things, we usually can go, Oh, that's, that's a place that I need to look at. I, Mm -hmm. I need to work with on the Lord. If we're cautiously hiding something from our spouse or cautiously hiding things from, you know, our, uh, church group or our, uh, people in general, that's when we know that things are probably not on the up and up and that we need to let God look at that and walk us through that to get rid of whatever behavior that is. I just was an open book for him. Mm -hmm. We didn't, we did a lot of things and we intentionally dated and went on dates and things like that after a period of time. Um, you know, it took him a little while to process to get back to that place, but mm-hmm. we really love each other. You know, we mm-hmm. really, we had that going for us. We right. really loved each other and we wanted our marriage to work out. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, you know, I know that God can do it for, right. uh, for women and men who have had infidelity and it, mm-hmm. you know, full-blown everything happening, the, the physical part of it. Um, for me, that didn't happen, but I know that God can restore those marriages as right. well. Fully yeah. believe that. So I, you know, we had in some ways less to walk through, but I think I also had a, uh, a person who was very new to the faith and that made it very difficult because he, you know, he, he had higher expectations of me being the right. Jesus girl that I said I was. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you talked about the one thing, it actually brought something else to my mind. Um, So you and I were, side note, you and I were on actually on the same wavelength for this though. Um, The one thing that I know that personally I've dealt with and other things, like when you hold something so close to the vest, it gets really hard to have it all out there. And to have everyone know everything. Did you find that as well? And plus to also sit there and go, I'm actually not hiding anything. What is with this? Like, did you have those feelings too when you went through that? Yes. I think that, you know, when we, when the light has shined on our lives and I write about this in in a book that I'm writing about one time I was, uh, it was shortly after my first marriage or when I had gotten divorced the first time, um, the only time, excuse me, when I got divorced, <laughs> I literally was at work. I was in a, a very short little, uh, mini, you know, like a, a pins skirt. I don't know what they're called, but they're the, the really yeah. straight skirts that are like business suit skirts. Yeah. And I had, big old heels on. And I was out running an errand for my boss and I went and got all these, uh, he was having a party at his house and he needed all these baguettes. So imagine that you're going into Panera today <laughs> to get like, I don't know, 40 loaves 
baguettes and you're in high heels and a short, short skirt Oof. and you're all of these um, baguettes and you're on a busy street and the parking lot's busy because that's where Panera always is. And you fall flat on your face and all the bread flies up in the air and your skirt sl splits up the back. Yeah, that was me. That was me. It was Aww. not and I was at a place where I had, I had cheated on my first husband and though I felt like the whole world knew what had happened. And a lot of people did. I it was in a small town, you know, relatively small town. And mm -hmm. here I was on this very busy street. My skirt had split up the back and of all days I had a black skirt on and white underwear. So that was equally like as humiliating. <laughs> it was really bad. Aww. And so anyway, we don't want our lives exposed. And that was a time when I so did not want to be seen. If there was ever a time in my life that I did not want to be seen was that time in my life and especially that day. But right. it's like that. We don't want that. The We don't want everything to be out on the open and for right. everyone to see all our stuff. And sometimes people get to see more than they should. But <laughs> in my case, in a very literal sense. Um, people get to see more than they should. But I think that, again, if we go back to the grace of God, he is so sweet and kind. His love covers a multitude of sin. Right. And I mean, I can just see it like uh, honey being poured out over something right. and it covers it and makes it sticky sweet. And that is, you know, we don't, grace is not something that we want to abuse and go back. It's Paul that talks about that says, you know, not that I would go back and sin again, again, and again to abuse that grace, but right. that it is there for us when we truly are repentant and we turn around and go the other direction. When we let God shine the light on all that stuff that we don't necessarily want everybody looking at. But when we are vulnerable and we come before the Lord and when we go, you know, out into our everyday lives and people do know what's going on, our ugly business that sometimes people, you know, get a front row seat to, um, God is so kind in his grace to cover that. And where we think that, oh my gosh, everybody I know, drove down that street and saw me with my skirt split up. No, everybody didn't. Right. No one. I didn't have one person that I actually knew that saw me. <laughs> so, you know, I think that we feel like everybody, all eyes are on us, but mm -hmm. when we are going through something like that and we are walking it out, well, we have our hearts humbled before the Lord. It really moves the eyes off of us and puts them on the Lord where they need to be because they're, yeah. they're looking at where we're turning in our lives in our moment of crisis and we're looking to God. So, so are they, you mm -hmm. know, yeah, they're watching us, but they're really watching God's hand in our life. Did I answer your question? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> I love this time that we've had to talk. Um, it's been so, you know, I know it's been encouraging to me and encouraging to other people. Um, just a couple, um, last questions for you in the time we have left. Uh, what verse, when you guys were going through, um, the tough times of reconciliation and all the things, what verse kept you anchored? You know, the verse that kept me anchored and you fortunately gave this question to me ahead of time so I could be totally prepared, <laughs> but 
in the message, the, the tagline for my ministry is helping heart shattered lives become whole again in Christ. Mm -hmm. And it comes from the message version of Psalm 51, 16 through 19. And it says, going through the motions doesn't please you. A flawless performance is nothing to you. I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. Heart shattered mm -hmm. lives ready for love. Don't for a moment escape God's notice. Make Zion the place you delight in. Repair Jerusalem's broken down walls. Then you'll get real worship from us. Acts of worship, small and large, including all the bowls they can heave onto your altar. And that's a little bit longer than what I usually share, but I think it's so important that we see in that verse that he repairs the broken walls and that all the, the big sacrifices that we think we're putting, you know, on the altar and laying down whatever it is in our lives. Um, none of that, those are important steps to take and all those things to be in surrender to God. But what he really wants in heart, even if it's broken, even if it's shattered into a million pieces, that is the place that God is able to work in and through us and for us. And so that verse going through the motions doesn't please you. A flawless performance is nothing to you where I felt like I had to be perfect. I could go back to this and say, it doesn't matter how perfect I am or how perfect I'm trying to be or how perfect somebody might think I look in my behavior. None of that matters because mm -hmm. it's really all about you. Lord, it's all about you because when my heart is aligned with the Lord's, when our hearts are aligned with the Lord's, when we bring him the shattered pieces of our lives, he will enable us to walk in victory, walk in wholeness and live in victory. And we don't have to do it perfectly. Amen. Amen. I love that verse. And uh, you talk a lot about victory. In fact, you have a book about it. So why don't you tell I, me about that? I do. I have a book about victory. It's called Becoming a Victory Girl, Staking Your Claim in the Kingdom. And I wrote that back in late 2017. But I still love this book, Gina. I love to teach from it. I love to share it. I still get phone calls and I even shared on Instagram this week about somebody who had bought this book and they were highlighting stuff and they're like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I needed right now. And what has been said about this book is that it is like a field guide for spiritual warfare that you can, it doesn't look like a Bible book or anything like that. You could take it <laughs> anywhere. And so people have told me that they carried it with them to work because it just looks like a, you know, regular book, but it's chock full of scripture and easy to read. And so people who are in a place of chaos or crisis have told me that it was perfect for them. So mm. uh, in that time, and we can live in victory. I talk a lot about how to do that and uh, praying and living in victory and just uh, really walking out our entire destiny that God has planned for us. Awesome. I will put links to that in the show notes and who knows, there might be a giveaway here soon um, for a copy of that book. 
I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So Amy, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on today. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. Where can people find you? And do you have any last minute encouragement? I can be found at all of the places my, uh, where you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter is at Amy Elaine writes. And then my website is amyelaine.com. That's A-M-Y-E-L-A-I-N-E.com. Everything I do is Amy Elaine. So if you look up Amy <laughs> Elaine, you can find me, I think. And surprisingly, there's a lot of Amy Elaine's, but not all of them do uh, what I do. <laughs> so you can find me in those places. And, you know, I would just say that the thing that I would want to leave people with is there is a God who never changes. Mm -hmm. And that is Jesus. He never changes, which makes it infinitely possible to change us. And I didn't say that very well, but because he is unchanging, we can change. He can change us. The God who never changes is infinitely capable of changing us. And that would be my encouragement that I would leave you with today is that he never changes, but he is capable of changing us because of grace. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because of the grace. That's right. And that was such a perfect way to end this episode. And guys, I will talk to you next one. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. I pray that you are leaving not only inspired and encouraged, but also challenged through the story of the person who was on. If you enjoyed today's podcast, head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Leave a five-star review and rating so that other people can find this podcast. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. And... Let's continue to share true freedom that God brings. I love each and every one of you. God bless. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.